What's up, guys? Welcome to the Make My Day podcast. I'm George LaHoff, joined by my good buddies, Luke Capriti and Winston Moy. Luke, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Um, a little bit better now that Audacity is working for me. Um, <laughs> but like I was saying, um, I've been in the shop a little bit more, and um, that always makes me feel like uh, productive and just more upbeat. So, um, yeah, I feel like overall I've been doing good. Um, school's been going well, and spring break coming around the corner. The, again, all that stuff is just heading in the right direction. So I'm feeling good. What about you, Winston? Uh, I can't complain. Uh, life is pretty good right now. Um, st- I, I don't want to jinx it, but I think by the end of the month, I will have put out a video, either for me or Carbide or both. So I haven't put out a video since I think December. So this should be a, it, it'll feel good to get back in the swing of things. When was How the last you, time you put out a video? I, I, can't, I can't remember now. <sighs> I think it was like the, it could have been the carbon fiber little utility knife thing. It was around that time. But basically mm-hmm. once the holidays hit, um, I kind of just like, I, I took a little break. And then the girlfriend thing happened, and then work got busy, and then I got thrown into product development. So the the work and personal life both got fully booked, and then I, I didn't figure out how to squeeze video back into it until... Well, I still haven't figured out how to squeeze it back into my life. We'll get there. We'll yeah, get but there. without doing what George does and just remove sleep from yeah, your schedule. Yeah, I, right? I have not been compromising on sleep. I get at least six and a half hours a day. Nice. Um, so I feel pretty good about that. Six, six and a half is good, man. I think six and a half is it's pretty good. It's funny. So, that, you know, you, you mentioned the girlfriend thing. You know, it, I realized, and I think it's almost expected, like after getting married, you know, you know, before that, it was like balancing, you know, work and side hustle and just, you know, everything is hustled aside. And and then and then it's now it's like, well, you know, you're building up your relationship and got the house and I got the pup. And now then balancing work and the side hustle to get things going. And, and that's where I, I decided to give up as much sleep as possible to get all this done, you know. But it's it's been it's been nuts now. You know, work has been work has been bad. It's March. February and March timeframe for us uh, with my specific job in the Navy is it's brutal. Like it's it's you hustle hard straight for two two months. You got to get stuff done or else you've like missed the ball for work for like the whole entire year. Like it sets up either success or failure. So I've been working till like bad hours. I've been working like I can't even explain. Like I, I start at seven. Some days I go till like 6 30 eat dinner and then hop back on at like like 10 p.m to do like another two hours just so i could because and it's nuts and then somehow somehow in that time i'm trying to figure out like shop time so like now i I, my goal because it's the busy time i've been trying to get shop time at least one to two hours a day during the work week and then the weekend, it's whatever I can get done while like balancing the rest of the life. So it's I've been slower. I've been I've been actually honestly only focusing on orders from Etsy during this time instead of more fun projects. So so that's my goal for the future. It's the more fun but stuff I'm, to come up. <laughs> I mean, that seems good for you, George. It seems like, you know, it's cyclic that you have the time during the holiday mad rush. Yeah. And then now you can like focus your attention back on Navair, but still getting a little bit of the taste of, you know, being in the shop. So it kind of works out, right? It's good. It also like makes like during this time of year is when I really want to figure out a way to do this full time the most this is like where i realize like i love my job but i definitely love making and shop time magnitudes more like out of the world more and i'm hoping it's not just because it's one of those things where i don't do it as often and i kind of you know think i would love to do but but i have so many goals and there's so much i haven't done yet i i just want to do it full time one day George, question for you. Do you think that in three to six months when going to be at work physically is safer, that going in and having those fixed hours will be 
better for you and your mental health and your your side hustle and fitting everything into your life here here's what i'm hoping i'm hoping that i'm gonna get to work from home as permanently as possible i'm hoping that everybody else who gets to go back to work will stop them from emailing me and calling me throughout the hours because this is what happened and i'm sure everybody out there with like full-time jobs understands this um, you know, people became a lot more relaxed with the amount of core hours people work, right? So some people work throughout the nights and a lot, they actually open up weekends for a lot of people. So, it, okay, you got kids, you got to work on the weekend. It makes sense. Those people call me at 8 p.m. I've gotten a call at 10 p.m. because that's when they're working, even though that's like, even though I stopped working. And it's not, you know, I, again, I, I love my job and I will never want to be the person that stops somebody else from doing the work. So I'll pick up the call. I'll get the work done. And and that also faults me because it just takes away all that extra time. But I'm getting so much done working from home, um, both for work and through the side side hustle. So I want to work from home constantly. But I want everybody else to have their core hours returned so that, that you know, my hours don't shift past the nine hours I'm supposed to work a day. That's where I'm losing myself here. I see. I just don't understand, especially in a government job, how there aren't. Okay, maybe your core hours they can be very flexible, but the allowed hours to contact another personnel or something like that is restricted to a core time, or that yeah. you, George, are allowed to say these are my working hours, and say if Winston was on your team, these are my working hours. If we need to talk, look, they overlap between. 3 and 6 p.m. and that's where if you need to make a call i mean that just comes down to like management yeah, organization yeah. and it's it just doesn't seem fair like i get frustrated when kids start emailing me at home um and i make sure like i'm only posting stuff during school hours mm -hmm. and then you know grading and stuff at night um but yeah it's like it doesn't become fair if as a child, you're in school 24-7 and your mm -hmm. teachers are contacting you the whole time. Exactly. Whereas as an adult, you're at work 24-7. Like you, the whole point of work is like you go in, put in your time, and now you come home and you do your thing. So it just doesn't, doesn't seem right. Yeah, and honestly, I'm sure it's more manageable for people. Like if I worked in one team, like I could tell them like this is our hours. Everybody understands everybody else's hours. I touch like i work with a lot of different groups across mm -hmm. all the navy so it's just you know there is no way to coordinate that to to a higher degree and i'm hoping it'll return to normalcy like you know but it's right now that that's that hurts like that 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 is what hurts me in my side business but what like stops me for an extra hour here on the side or you know i do miss that part about work where you couldn't really take home your laptop before like you know teleworking had to be approved and it was almost you know it wasn't frowned upon but it definitely had to be approved to a higher level so once you left work you know you left work you know that mm -hmm. and now I'm, I'm starting to feel it i'm hoping that with the summertime people everybody else will relax a little bit more and want to have the time off after work and stuff like that um but I, i've been i've been feeling it and and i'm hoping you know we got like the spring and summertime coming up and i just want to i just want to work on fun outdoor projects and you know not like sell anything just work on stuff for the house you know if, you know i have some ideas for like plant planter boxes and stuff like that so you know, time on the CNC machine, all that kind of stuff takes like dedicated hours each day. Like waiting for the weekend is fine, but I'd rather be able to do it throughout the week as well. So mm. we'll see how that turns out. <laughs> <laughs> how, Luke, uh, Winston, you know, you know, with Carbide, how, how does it work with you guys? Is that like a set amount of hours or because that's in my mind a little bit different. You guys have different goals and deadlines to me and you're a smaller core team so i'm sure it's like hustle and get this stuff done no matter what type of thing sometimes it um so it is a small team and um in terms of not bleeding over into my regular life that has improved a lot like in the past year um partly because um once pandemic hit i actually started going into work more because um, at first, like, we told a lot of the shop and support people to stay home. So it was just, like, me and the the CEO and, like, our uh, electrical lead. Um, and just a couple of us just futzing around in the shop and building prototypes. 
Um, and then that kind of just stuck, especially like with pandemic traffic being so low, it was actually like 10 to 15 minutes faster for me to like go to and from work. So I was actually enjoying that a lot. And then I kind of just got stuck in the habit of always just going into work five days a week. Um, previously it was three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, because like editing videos and stuff, it's really hard to do that in a noisy shop environment where you've got big CNCs running in the background. Like if I did a, a voiceover for a video, you would just hear that in the background the entire time or someone hammering on something. <laughs> so just, it wasn't good. Um, and now like when I was going into the shop full time, like early mid 2020, um, I'd come home, I would do my voiceover like right before dinner or something. Um, so there, there'd still be a couple work hours that bled into my after work hours. Um, but now that I've been going into work a lot, um, I've kind of forced myself to sort of back off and be like, Hey, like after dinner, like don't, don't work on work stuff. Like, like design some stuff for yourself or like just watch some YouTube videos, catch up on your, your Netflix queue. Um, so I forced myself to reclaim those hours and not just like be like pedal to the metal all the time. And that's, that's helped a lot. Um, but sort of looping back to how we do things in a small group and deadlines and stuff. Um, we don't really have a, we rarely have a hard, fast deadline. Um, when are we going to put out this video or this podcast? Do you think George? Uh, two weeks at least. Okay, uh, so if it's going to be at least two weeks, um, I can say that right now we are working towards a late March, early April deadline to announce the Shape Oko 4. Ooh, um, oh gosh, and very exciting. <laughs> like, it's, it's not like a, hey, like it has to launch like next Monday. Mm. Um, we have a, a sort of a target in mind and we will try our best to hit it. Um, but if it needs to slip a week, it's not this, like, I know in the government, you all have like your big schedules and like, if something slips and you got to make a change to your like Microsoft project file and like update the charts and everything, we're just like, yeah, if it slips, it slips. Hmm. Um, and we'll just, we'll keep working through that. Oh, I love that. Um, the, the repercussions aren't, aren't super serious. Mm -hmm. Um, and there are product launches that have slipped weeks or months. Um, and we do our best to work through it, um, but we just, we try and stay busy. Mm -hmm. We do what we can. Um, and uh, yeah, if at the end of the day, you're proud of what you've done and like, it's not like, a, oh, if I just worked a little harder or if I could do a little more, like there's none of that. Mm -hmm. It's like, we did our best with what we had. Uh, certain things like right now with a pandemic, with shipping being snarled up by like traffic jams at ports, like, we had a bunch of components uh, like motors and stuff that were stuck on a ship that couldn't oh. get unloaded for like eight weeks. Um, not nearly that long. I think it was like four weeks, but it was just like so a ridiculous delay. amount of time. Yeah. Like the parts are right there. They're so close. We could drive over there, but they're still on a ship just offshore. Um, like little things like that. You just, you kind of just have to shrug and be like, all right, we'll, we'll get there. Um, and just keep working on something else. And there's enough things that we can sort of jump between tasks, right? Because yeah. as a small group of people, like we wear a lot of different hats. So I could either work on videos mm -hmm. if like I can't build something, or I could do a little more prototyping, designing with the materials I do have. Um, so yeah, we, we do the best with what we got, but uh, sometimes delays happen and you sort of just have to roll with it. I like well, yeah, that. I guess <laughs> you guys are really trying to put out the best product more so than getting a product out there. Mm -hmm. So it seems like you rather say, you know, hey, everybody, just give us a little bit more time and things will be set um, instead of like, oh, my gosh, you know, deadlines coming up. We're just going to force something together. It'll yeah, still cut. And but <laughs> there are there are changes that have happened, like sort of. I hate to say like in the organization, but like sort of collectively, we've decided a couple things uh, based on things we're still learning. So when we launched the Shape Oko Pro and the Nomad 3 uh, late last year, uh, we were still well like under 
like the the heavier pandemic restrictions and everything and we still had a lot more delays and from suppliers from ourselves uh one of our vendors had to shut down for a week because the forest fires were like super close to them oh wow um so just things happened and um because of that uh our products got delayed our customers had to wait um and in some cases like it just it stacked up like uh our throughput was so low because we were down for a week because one of our workers got sick um so shit happens and it just you have to learn to roll with it like if if you're like always anxious pedal to the metal like oh my god like we have to wait one more week and it just it eats away at you that's not good um it's just it builds a lot of anxiety and that's how i felt for a long time about the videos um it's like oh i I should have put out this video like a week ago why am i still like i'm not even done like editing um it eats away at you a lot and you sort of have to just let go and step back um i feel like there's a point i was trying to make and i forgot it sounded um, good whatever yeah I was like, i'm right on board with you <laughs> i saw george kind of laughing at one point when you were saying it builds the anxiety if you're pedal to the metal and i thought <laughs> i wonder if he's saying that sounds like me <laughs> oh that's all i feel all day <laughs> it's with work and with the sidle it's like i it's too much full steam i know it's bad i know it's bad but i love it at the same time it's like I, I need, to, you know, I, I, I know, like, I've been at the point where I've gotten everything off of my plate and I've had like, oh, what am I going to do next? And to me, that was like, I felt like I was wasting time with nothingness. <laughs> so I had like anxiety on that side of the house, too. So uh, that, I, I, I definitely correspond with that. And, and when you're mentioning the, the things, you know, during COVID getting stuck with shipping, I thought it was funny because I've experienced that with the cork dartboards were like going crazy from like stimulus checks. People were buying them, which is awesome. But my bulk corks are delivered from China. I'm pretty sure. So I remember seeing like the shipping delay. I had to buy 15,000 more cause it's like 400 corks per each of those. And I like the shipping delay was like three to four weeks when they normally arrive within the week of ordering it, which is amazing on its own. Mm-hmm. So I was like pretty stressed out around that. And I had to like tell people delays, but you know, like you said, you kind of roll with it and it kind of kind of worked out, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's not there's not a lot you can do. Um, George, uh, sort of tangentially, but while you're still on the like delays and hustle part of it, I just want to check in on you. Oh, no. Do you have some something or some break or some kind of event that you're looking forward to? that'll be sort of like a reward for grinding so hard through these next couple of weeks. Yeah. So, so right now I am with work. I'm actually doing a rotation as a supervisor, as well as doing my position, which was a terrible idea. That's going <laughs> to just to add on to all the stress, by the way. Um, so that's going to end in about three weeks. I've already like told literally everybody that during that time, I'm going to take off a week. And that's going to be like full George in the shop time, not not sales. Um, I have the shop organization stuff I haven't gotten to finish up. So it's going to just be me like getting to get my shop a little bit closer to what I want it to be like, I guess. And then, you know, away from making stuff and from work stuff, um, you know, Michelle's vaccinated, which is awesome. And I'm hoping whenever I get the vaccination, we're going to go on a trip somewhere. We're going to like just take off a week, maybe more. I don't know. It'll probably just only a week if we can. Um, and just go enjoy some like warm weather with some drinks and stuff. Just like, just like clear the mind and like reset. Cause we haven't gotten to do that before COVID and it's been fine. It's just, it's about time, you know, it's about time to like just get out and enjoy a little bit of a break. We, you know, we do like day trips here and there to kind of help for now, but but that, that so so I got two different plans. One is George in the shop by himself, nobody bothers me, no orders, just doing <laughs> what I want to do. And like I have I just, you, there's like things I want to prototype. Like um I've I've had these like these maps I wanted to uh, CNC car for the longest time. And the first thing I have to do, I already did a prototype of New Jersey, but I want to do like everything. So that's going to take some time. And then 
I wanted to get some videos out of, of things, you know, a, a lot of what I've been thinking about has been, and I've been researching like, you know, how to grow, um, with social media, with Instagram, with YouTube, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think I found a lot of really good, helpful tips of how it's done. So, so, so here's the thing, right? We, we all see like all the big names out there today that, you know, they've been on YouTube for, you know, since the beginning, whatever it's been like six, more than six years, probably. Um, so they were kind of the staples of it. But if you look at it now to kind of get recognized and to gain more of a following, which is one of my goals, um, there, you can't just do like what they used to do, right? They were authentic. They were new. I, I, I will stay authentic, but there is different ways to work your videos and postings with the algorithms that are out there um, with um, kind of aligning to what other people are doing out on the YouTube space. And I've been looking into how to stay aligned with my vision while also conforming to what will help me grow in those platforms. So that's, that's all going to be worked together. When I have that week, it's already, you know, you know me, like if I'm having a week alone in the shop, I'm going to plan for more than I can actually get done in the week in the shop. So I can just make sure I don't have any downtime type of thing. So that's going to be part of it also. And I'm really excited. Um, you know, I, I just, I just want to be alone in the shop. I, I want to sleep in there, man. I just want to like put a bed in there and sleep with all the sawdust and, and just get stuff done for a week. That, that'll be good for your health. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> your it, lungs will really appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just one of those things, you know, and you know, so, so we, we actually talked about this beforehand and I, I don't know if we're doing this episode, but, but for tips of people in the shop and, and like sawdust, and like health and all that kind of stuff. Um, Cause I have asthma, I actually had to talk to a doctor about this a while ago. The number one thing they tell you that most people don't do after you're in a wood shop of any sort is to go to the sink and wash your hair and your face. Cause you have so many sawdust particles that are constantly clinging to you. You're constantly breathing it for hours afterwards. So that's a helpful tip for everybody. Wash it. And you'll see if you like use a paper towel, you'll see like all of it come out of you and like oh, blow okay. your nose too. like your hair fibers, like will grab onto everything. You're, you're just constantly breathing in over time. So helpful that's, tip for I, the group. I, yeah, I <laughs> I'm like really glad I don't have a beard. <laughs> <laughs> One reason why woodworkers shouldn't have a beard, right? <laughs> but all of them do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. No, that, that is a good tip, though. I know for me, something I've always done is like just chugged water afterwards, figuring something similar to that, that there's a lot of, you know, sawdust that I'm not recognizing within my mouth, at least. Um, but that makes more sense, like on my body, I can shake off what I can, but it's just like dirt, you know, it kind of sticks to you. So, um, yeah, nice. I like that tip. <laughs> I personally go with the uh, compressed air bath. Just take the air gun and just <laughs> blast your face. Yeah. I I used to do it at Chesterfield. I would take the vacuum and like, you know, suck <laughs> off essentially everything that was on me. But that, again, I think the air bath or compressed air bath might be better because it actually gets rid of it. Your vacuum is only so good. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, I need to get a compressor, it sounds like. So, yeah. Luke, what have you been doing? Oh, so wait, Luke, did you make the Valentine's Day gift thing again? That you were I could doing take a flower? You guys... <laughs> so I figured out it took me um, three or four tries to seal the vase. Um, I thought using hot glue would be a easy enough seal, but I clearly didn't use enough hot glue. And since I had done it in layers, what had happened or what I think had happened is there wasn't a perfect seal mm -hmm. the first time and there wasn't a perfect seal the second time. So um, there must have been like a small enough hole for water to find its way through. And uh, so picture you've got like a glass, um, just think of like a glass in your kitchen. The bottom essentially was cut out. I put that onto a couple pieces of MDF that, I don't know, they were like little discs. So you got glass on top of some discs and I sprayed them and used baking soda to kind of make it look concrete-like without mm. using concrete. Um, I could go into the details of exactly why, but I think a picture would do much more justice. Um, there was a reason behind the whole thing. But anyway, uh, I thought if I put hot glue in there, since I didn't have epoxy to pour in and kind of um, uh, fill that hole on the bottom of mm -hmm. the glass, 
um, I thought that would be enough to create a seal. Like I said, I tested it. It didn't work. I did it a second time with a bunch of hot glue. Still didn't work. <laughs> so what I did was I got my heat gun and then heated it up. So like I stuck the heat gun into the glass and just kept essentially made a big pool of hot glue. Oh, cool. And so that it was real liquidy. And so what my thought was, and I think it worked, um, was that it would fill or seep into any sort of gaps and then let that cool down. And that has created a seal that now holds water without there being a leak. So um, I figured out a way finally to make a vase that holds water. Only issue is the flowers have died now. So it, <laughs> it, it was way too late. Um, but Adrian was like, you could always buy me new flowers and then test it out. I was like, okay, that'll work. In the meantime, because I was kind of, you know, pissed at myself for not getting that done, I was like, I've been wanting to try to use um, grout to make a vase as well. So like, you know, the grout mixture, it's kind of kind of like concrete that's been pre-mixed for you, but it stays moist unless exposed to air. Mm -hmm. And we had contractors just before the pandemic start finish up um, our downstairs bathroom. We didn't have a shower down there. Um, so yeah, whatever. They, they left a whole bunch of grout. And I was like, you know, I'm going to hold on to this in case we need to retile something or, you know, it's so much like maybe I could find a cool use for it. Mm -hmm. Finally, like as I was doing that, I was like, I wonder if I could have used grout to fill it. And I was like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if I like kind of sculpted it. And so I had extra of these glass things from that chandelier. And so I just like kind of willy nilly stuck my hand in the ground oh my and then like spun it around <laughs> and it kind of looks pretty cool um, I i'm gonna have this. to add a little <laughs> bit more to it but it's again like it's very similar to concrete so it has a rough texture it's kind of cool um and like i can form it how i want so i can add like a lot of different textures like i was messing around with like my thumb and just like spinning it and then um, moving my thumb up and down and so it added these like streaks and I've been into like watching some of those uh, wood carving videos of people adding texture into whether it be furniture, like drawer faces or cutting boards and things like that. I'm like, oh, I could probably have some fun using grout, which isn't too expensive, and maybe make these or some other kind of like unique things. Coasters, hmm. I don't know. Just kind of like have fun, be creative with it because it's free material. And I mean, we paid them thousands of dollars to do the bathroom. So it's just thousands of dollars worth of grout instead of free. Does the grout hold together um, as strongly as like the concrete does in, in a free form? Probably not. Um, I'm going to let it dry. It was pretty dry. I did that last night right before I went to sleep. It was like 1045, 1030, something oh, okay. like that. And I just like threw it together. And when I woke up this morning, um, I went over. And for the most part, it was pretty solid. The part that was on the bottom, which was just on a piece of paper, was still a little moist. Mm -hmm. So I flipped that over because it was holding its shape. And um, it seems to have been drying out over the past like three or four hours. Hmm. So I, it's purely an experiment. Um, it's just something like I've been kind of like you're saying, George, like I want to just do some things. And um, Winston, I think like you had asked us a question that I really liked is like, what took you so long or why did you wait so long? And I really think like that's something where I'm trying to break the habit of constantly leaving this, what I think is a cool idea in my head and waiting for the right time. And just like, like I said, last night, it was like 1030, 1045. I was like, you know what? I'm doing it. Like, I am just going to go open the bucket of grout, stick my hand in there and try to make a vase and see what happens. Um, so I, I did it. But um, th those are like two like real little random things I've been working on. So if you want mm -hmm. me to go back and answer the question of the other stuff I've been doing, I could do that or push yeah, off the mic to, to you guys. That's uh... So two things. One thing regarding the uh, why'd you wait so long. There are a lot of times where you just have a project in your head um, that you sort of just mull over and you think. And sometimes you're better for it. Like you'll think through mm -hmm. it more clearly. You'll realize certain pitfalls. But other times you realize that you just spent like days or weeks thinking about a project and you were completely wrong about it. And <laughs> the fastest way to learn is to just stick your hand in that bucket and see what happens. Yeah. So uh, kudos to you for just taking the plunge. Yeah. Um, second thing is I got curious while you were talking and I started Googling this 
and it looks like people will typically like get uh, like a cheap like glass or plastic vase um, and then use the grout to just stick tile or mosaics like onto that mm -hmm. and so you could just use it to add to an existing structure mm -hmm. um, but that also got me thinking if you wanted to to make it like pure grout or something or um, just like more structurally based on that material I'm wondering if you could take like a plastic sheet or something it doesn't stick to and make like a little cone or something and then shape it around it mm -hmm. and then once it sets you uh, unpeel your little scaffold and I have a ton of that Instamorph stuff, so I could maybe morph that, which I actually started with that as like um, a prototype, and I slid it on. I was like, oh yeah, it looks kind of cool, and I left it there for a couple of weeks, thinking like, oh, I'll get to the grout vase, but now I'm seeing what you're saying, Winston, is like, that could have been the structure that I fill with grout, and then put the glass in to kind of uh, like set in place, and then take the Instamorph scaffold or structure out is that kind of what you're saying uh I, I was thinking like um you could make it like the inside of the vase to support it while you build up the walls around it because i don't know how well that stuff will mm -hmm. hold up mm -hmm. like if it supports its own weight like clay mm -hmm. um but i mean there's a lot of ways you can use it just to like using external objects to shape the material mm -hmm. um into what you need yeah. could be a fun experiment yeah and that exactly that experimenting um I feel like I've been wanting to get more into like the artistic side of this stuff because I was thinking just like you see um, uh, potters, like they have the wheel and all of that and then they have specific tools. I was like, I could make my own texture tools where like I, um, you know, use a scrap piece of wood and I could add kind of like um, spikes to it, make it like a comb. Mm -hmm. And then um, I could rub that over this grout and that would add a texture that I wouldn't be able to do with say my fingers. Um, I don't know again like i feel like i have a lot of very random ideas and depending on how this test goes if there's any sort of light at the end of the tunnel that i need to maybe take some of winston's advice there and use other materials to help build a structure maybe that's what i check next because something as you were talking winston it made me think of um when you use con concrete right don't you sometimes put like a meshing or like a rebar or, or something or like a rebar yeah. yeah but depending on what you're doing you might just use like real thin wire like yep. chicken wire too mm -hmm. so i was like oh maybe i could just do something like that and then pour it on there um but yeah this is just one of those where um i am glad i just took the plunge and figured let's see what happens and i can learn more from it um you know from a failure or a success doesn't matter like what works what doesn't and um and then get creative with you know building off of that and trying new things um, just because i really like how concrete and wood looks but like concrete yeah. like pouring it all that kind of stuff kind of gets annoying and um you know it's a lot to clean up so i was like ah, maybe grout is kind of like i could use that and then spray paint it or um, color it however i want if i want it to really look like concrete i uh, just have to understand that the strength isn't there behind it so as long as I'm going for aesthetics, then it might be okay. But yeah, besides that, um, I've been making hexagon shelves. And um, I did it again, where I just jumped in <laughs> instead of doing what you guys said of make sure it's like a perfect 60 degree angle. And I'm learning that the perfect 60 degree angle definitely would get a cleaner <laughs> miter joint. However, it's worked. It's worked well enough. So how did you I end up doing it if you didn't? Uh, so I used my chop saw, my Harbor Freight chop saw. I um, it's a what's a compound miter, uh -huh, uh -huh. right? Or, and so I just beveled it 30 degrees, and then um, I, I think I actually made a story about it where I thought I had found a trick because when I was watching the things on YouTube, the guy was like flipping the flipping board. Flipping it, like, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I was like, dude, that is so much work to just get it. So I just flipped it like uh what would it be longitudinally so like you have the board going this way okay i flipped it um over its short side and so it was one to save material and then to save the time because in my shop i can't flip an eight foot board easily uh, like over my head mm -hmm. I, I i need to have it stick outside of there and i was cutting it um kind of close to dinner time so i had brought some stuff in since it was getting a little darker 
And um, I don't know, to me, it started flying, like when I was doing it that way, just flipping it over, chop, flip it over, chop. And they fit pretty well. Um, so I'm happy overall. I added some staples in the back. I was going to kind of um, show my process for that after our podcast. I was working on that just beforehand. Oh, but nice. um, I feel like they came out real, they're super easy to make. I've batched out a big one, three medium-sized ones, and two smaller ones. Just, again, so that I have options to kind of show off um, and possibly sell. Because they, they're relatively cheap to make. And um, I feel like that's a Pinteresty thing right oh, now. Yeah, so sure. people might be into it. Um, and then if I were to sell them, I would just clean them up more than the ones that we're going to have. Um, even though I think the ones that we're going to have are going to look nice, I just got to sand down um, some of the stuff. How, but, do, how do you attach those to the wall so that you don't, you know, what what's the, what do you use for hanging gear for those type of shelves? So the video that I had watched, I forget the guy's name too, um, but he was like, I'm an amateur woodworker. So I just went to Home Depot and got those um, sawtooth mm -hmm. hangers, you know, the ones that oh, are like okay. that. And just pick whichever flat side you want as the top and put that on the back. And I found some at Home Depot. They have the nails on like these little plastic discs. So it's called like the ready nail system. So it holds the nail for you. So you don't have to hold those really, really small nails. And you just tap them in with a hammer. Oh. Um, I can show you them later, but yeah, it's it looks like a really nice thing. Like you're not holding those half inch size and like hammering uh, it super <laughs> and hammering your thumb the, every time. Um, but yeah, just find the center um, and then yeah, hang the sawtooth thing on there. I'm going to add those little like you know on your cabinets you have like rubber bumpers sometimes if you don't have soft clothes. That way it keeps and, um, it level with the the exactly. Yeah, like it's going to be parallel or whatever you want to say on the wall. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it'll be that like eighth inch or so, probably eighth to a quarter inch, essentially off of the wall. Um, so that was like the one little thing that I was going to make sure of. Um, yeah, I don't know weight test wise. They feel pretty strong because they're all glue. And then I added, like I said, staples at each of the vertices so that there's some sort of mechanical hold instead of just an adhesive. But they felt pretty solid when I was like messing with them. So, so when you glued it, what did you use to apply pressure, um, like around the um, shape? I had, like I didn't strap? have ratchet straps. Okay. I just had straps. Okay. Um, again, like that's another thing that if I were to end up making these, like people wanted them and I was selling them, um, I would go ahead and get like ratchet straps or um, I was considering like using a scrap piece of wood exactly, and then twisting it on. Um, the rope so that i could tighten it yep yeah just because you need some sort of like tw like torsion or ratchet mechanism to, to like really compress way. it all yeah. um yeah i think last night i had maybe or like three or, or four times i just like busted like you know they were all together and i was pushing on it and it just like it gave because i wasn't yeah there was several words being said that shouldn't <laughs> be said <laughs> well well if you're gonna sell it you can make a, a jig like the same shape that's bigger i guess and like have it so that it, like once you put it all in there it will stay the shape and apply pressure i i know this is blasphemy but you could also buy a strap clamp <laughs> that's buying true, something what are you, we're bakers here what are you talking about i thought winston was going to say you could 3d print something there <laughs> actually as you were talking luke i was like really thinking because you don't have a 3d printer right I used to have a MakerBot. Actually, oh. behind me um, is the. Let me see if I can show you. Can you see the MakerBot? And then mm -hmm. I even have a Anet oh, that so I had bought a while ago. So. I just never put it together because I was like, uh, I'm trying to do too many things at once. Oh, so I was gonna say like a lot of stuff you're doing. Like, like it sounds like you could really use a 3D printer, like to like print out mm -hmm. the forms and stuff for things you're working on. It would probably save you some time. So, so you have two over there. Okay, cool. You got the yeah. Anet one well, too. Nice. The MakerBot I brought into school um, so that like we could potentially use it there. Um, but there's another class that does 3D printing, printing so we don't really do too much of that mm -hmm. uh, within design and engineering. That's more for like a computer applications course. But uh, yeah, we, that's in school. The ANET though, I have all the parts. It's just a matter of one day kind of, you know, sitting down, putting it together. Um, but I'm just so, so into like, I'm sure I could make a jig relatively quickly that again if i were to make more of these like these are just for us mm -hmm. so um they will work for now but i have i'm seeing so many ways that this could be a really quick 
project to bang out um, and make them uh, even a higher level, like higher quality level than they currently are. Nice. I'm making them sound really bad, but like I do think <laughs> that they're pretty good. I can't wait to see <laughs> pictures, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm happy about that. And then the thing I'm most proud of is I'm making a mid-century modern entryway table. And again, like the chop saw came out so well. Like it, I, I'm going to have to send you guys a picture of it, but like I'm really proud. And I just used a couple of screws. Like I wish I had a brad nailer to hide it, but I'll just have to use some wood filler. Um, but yeah, like I have, it's got like the nice little angle. Um, and I think I have a creative way to put the door to slide back and forth um we'll have to see how that goes but yeah like i I have um i think i posted my 3d model for that which is kind of funky looking um so i I plan on working on the legs after this after i finish up the shelves and um we'll see so like i feel like i'm finally getting back out there dude you're killing it your groove is like on point you're like yeah like like from when we like first started this podcast and talking like i knew like you were like like just like getting into the shape of the house and like with work and like couldn't like focus on products at all and now it's like every time we talk to you it's like a slew of things you got going that's awesome yeah (laughs) yeah it's just like it's interesting because i feel like you guys were big into i want to do something for myself Mm -hmm. and and then i'll do some like cool videos or like other things for customers and like that was something i felt like i was so focused on a customer side of things Mm -hmm. like okay people they want these cutting boards with their letter or name or something on there and like i wasn't getting much out of that um and so i i really like wanted to sit down like especially as we were talking it would make me think more but it's like doing the stuff for our house and using that as whether it be your prototyping or experimenting as well as just like actually enjoying the process of making it has changed like the way i go about when i get into the shops like oh this is going to be fun because this is going to be you know every time i walk in the door i see it um and i can learn from it like with the hexagon shelves oh that will be the better way to do it or make a jig and that'll help or buy strap clamps or you know um so it's just like the idea of we have all these things we want in the house now that we're a little more settled in like go ahead and start making it like have fun designing stuff in fusion Mm -hmm. and then trying to bring it to life so yeah i'm glad it's finally it seems like it's been a long time but like i'm finally making stuff again that's awesome i can't wait to see all the pictures man this is yeah (laughs) i have to do a better job of that that's like that's the next step is documentation <laughs> content creation but i'll yeah, get there but at least like now it feels like you're finally like in your element and like you you truly love it and it's it's rewarding in the way that you want it to be yeah. so yeah. yeah it's a good evolution yeah but yeah i was the uh what's it called the caterpillar in its cocoon for a while just <laughs> sitting there like oh god when do i get out of this thing man <laughs> stewing in all of your ideas yeah <laughs> looking like a little piece of poop and then <laughs> maybe i'll become a butterfly <laughs> still trying to break out of that thing but you know it, it's so much more fun like actually just trying stuff um, whether it works or not like i think that's something too that i'm learning is like i think i was so scared that it just wouldn't work when you realize you have so many ways to make it work yeah so like say the hexagon shelves um i've been seeing I think it was DIY creators where I saw it. Mm-hmm. He uses, you know, like um, a screwdriver, like the shaft of the screwdriver to just um, make a miter joint look really clean. Have you ever seen that? That one. So I tip number two for this that. podcast. Really? Oh man, I've I've seen it now. And I love times. his I think, videos. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's got such like. I think if I were to make videos, his are very practical. Um, I like I like that way of doing it. But uh, anyway, he you use like the screwdriver, the shaft of it. So essentially press the two sides of the miter. So like you would go along the spine of it and it starts to, Mm. because it's pine, it's really soft. It'll compress and it makes a perfect seal or like a really clean um, looking miter joint, even though it wasn't Oh, I got to take a look at this after. I'm curious. Maybe I'll try to make a little video of it or something. Yeah, that's um, interesting to me. But yeah, I'm telling you, like, I'm not the first person to do that by any means. I've seen that a ton, just like the tape trick to like, fold something whether it be a picture frame or like the hexagon shelves you tape the sides and like fold that over 
there's a lot of little tricks that go into the hexagon shelves that you know after watching a couple videos you're like wow this is not that difficult now that i know like the ins and outs of it it's again the strap clamps or some better clamping system that's the next <laughs> step if i were to do it huh. yeah yeah so 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 what about you guys though yeah i, I want to hear so so winston you know you brought up that question so i feel like there's something on your mind of like one of these things that you've been like waiting to make or what you know what about you on your end here uh in terms of like things to like what i should have done sooner yeah um well so recently i was 3d printing organizers for like um some of my end mills and clamps and things and i mean i hate conceding to 3d printing for all my solutions but it was so liberating um like the the gator tooth clamps that carbide sells they're not just like straight pieces of wood it like there's it's almost like an l shape where like the little short end of the l like helps elevate the clamp off the uh, surface of your table so the tip of the clamp is pushing down on your workpiece instead of like squirting it out um from the front and so these clamps like there's like you can't just like cut a slot in a piece of wood and, and stick them in because on the little nose there's like a little protrusion uh, as well so i was like i could machine a holder which is what i've always done like just take a sheet of half inch plywood or three quarter inch mdf and just route in the features um but it just it seemed so wasteful and tedious and like with a cnc you can't get square corners because you're using a round cutting tool and so the more i thought about it the more i was like i've got this idea of what i want to make why don't i just model it and then bring it into like a 3d printing slicing software and just print it out and see what happens and it turns out that like having like the perfect tool or holder that fits like just the way you want it to and like not having to think about like complex machining strategies is actually really liberating <laughs> um so i wish i'd just given myself the freedom to like stop thinking about things like when you have a cnc every problem looks like a cnc problem like whenever when all you have is a hammer every problem looks like a nail that's what i was going through for years and um getting out of that mindset and just uh seeing a problem in my life and just reaching for the first solution that came to mind um is better than staring at that problem for several months thinking about how to address it perfectly like there are certain things i want to fix the right mm -hmm. way like if um like i want to monitor stand i'm not just gonna like grab a couple bricks or a couple books and just elevate my monitor i want to do it right but little things like organization um like just improving the process like making a little 3d printed jig to hold apart um that's that's a no-brainer like that's something that it immediately raises your quality of life it makes working in the shop more pleasant when like, everything has a place everything like it, it's just it's seamless like you can pop the clamp out like smoothly it holds it it doesn't rattle around a lot um little things like that where it just works um i wish i had gone through and just reevaluated my whole garage situation to uh to address all of this sooner that makes me think George of, has this look on his face. <laughs> like, oh, should I do something like well, that? Well, you just recently made a bunch of, uh, at least the drills and those types of organizers. That was a huge weight off your shoulders, right? That Like feeling that sense of, okay, things have a place. Yeah, and that I want to do a, a lot more. I think, so I found that interesting. So, so you know, Winston, you said everything you see, you want to, you you, th you think of it from a cnc perspective which may actually makes you it adds to why you're, you're kind of like the cnc guy right because you always try to find a way to push the cnc past its limits to do stuff that's out of the ordinary right so i actually find that almost like as a pro but it's it's also it holds me back sometimes yep. because sometimes the cnc isn't the right tool i'm just trying to shoehorn it in like there are certain things like a little holder for something um i put out like so for the the nomad cnc that we sell there's a beginner starter project and we ship a little piece of half inch uh, plywood that comes from the machine's manufacturing that you can use as like your starter scrap material okay. and we've got a project for it 
and it's an end mill and tool holder um, and it's just like little holes and pockets and the end mill slides in which was it's great uh, it does what it needs to do in the constraints of the material that we provide but it's not the ultimate form of it in my opinion like i wish uh, some of the pockets were a little deeper you had thicker material to start with um, but it's also kind of super wasteful to get like a like a one inch thick block of some material and machining away most of it um, and so that's where using a printer where you're just squirting a little bit of plastic exactly where you need it to like build up a, a wall to support your clamps or your end mills or your screws like it just it makes more sense mm -hmm. and i don't know there's there's a lot of times where or like if i just go into the chop saw and just cut up a piece of wood and stuck it together into a box the way i need it to instead of thinking like what kind of like complex cnc box joinery can i come <laughs> up with like the other thing in addition to always thinking everything's a cnc problem is thinking how do i make a video out yeah. of it and sometimes like you're like how do i how do i put together this narrative when you should really be focusing on how do i put together this project and move on with my life not everyone needs to see how i made like a basic shelf or a I box or a side like way too much it's it's <laughs> yeah bad. it could really slow you down like the thought of like making in, a video. i think this is what's good about instagram where it's like I want people to see this, but I don't want to make a whole 10 minute video about it. I'll just take some stories or take a picture afterwards and just show yep. that. And that, that sort of liberates you like check. I have shown people how I did this, but I did <laughs> I not invest weeks. Good to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's learning to like stop focusing on a specific way and just giving yourself more options. And then also, uh, liberating yourself from the need to do it in a very specific way like for a video mm -hmm. oh man <laughs> yeah i know like as you're talking about that like for me the table saw has been a tool that i've seen used in a lot of really cool ways but i never look at projects from a table saw perspective mm -hmm. um like george you were saying you broke down the desk like using your table saw yep. right whereas in my head, um, I don't have a track saw, like one of those beautiful Festool track saw things, but I have a nice rail um, that I got from Home Depot, and I have my Harbor Freight circular saw that is nice and powerful, and I use it as a track saw. And in my head, it's like, um, because I never had a good workbench, and really I don't have a good table saw, I kind of just say like, uh, I'll, I'll only use the table saw when I need to use the table saw. Um, like probably how I should have for the hexagon shelves. Uh, however, um, it's like it opens your you up or liberates you. I like that word that you're using, Winston, to now think of solutions in a way that either, you know, you're not used to, like you have to push yourself to say, what tools could I use to solve my problem? Or you go on Instagram, YouTube, or talk to you guys and say, like, how would you solve this? And right away, you're going to jump like, uh, do you have a CNC? Could you do that? Or, hey, you have a table saw, you could do this. Um, whereas, like, I'm looking at it from another perspective. So all of us having our own hammer or our own yeah, tool yeah. that we look at everything from a different perspective is cool because then you can start, like, using somebody else's knowledge to help you solve your problems better. And now you have a hammer and a screwdriver or, you know, in your back pocket that you're like, okay, well, how would Winston solve this problem? How would George <laughs> solve this problem? Obviously. And, it, and it, then it lets you think like, oh yeah, they would do. And then it, again, it gives you that way to help you brainstorm or problem solve better. So it is always cool like seeing how you guys go about doing it or how you suggest things. It's like, okay. It's actually very beneficial that we are all CNC, 3D printer, table saw, whatever experts so, so right so just as we're speaking here right we're like talking about this and, and you're mentioning oh i should have 3d printed something so i've actually um so i just started getting into using the laser cutter for leather because i wanted um i'm gonna make some like hats for maker's best friend and like um i want to make more merch but more for myself and if anybody wants then they can have merch um so i started getting to lasering leather and i was gonna 3d print um like a curved block that's inverted on one end so that 
it'll form perfectly to the curve of the hat. So when I'm, because I'm not going to sew it on, I'm going to use E6000 or something, whatever it is, um, the adhesive. Um, and I've added like in the laser, the detail, so it looks like it's sewn on. So uh, I'm putting the patch on um, and then I was going to 3D print one side curved, another side the other way so that I could clamp it on and make sure it's formed on. And I was like, oh, 3D print's going to be perfect. But literally as we're sitting here, I'm like, what, what am I thinking? Like this is... I take a square onto the bandsaw. I just cut the curve and I got both pieces perfectly there and the flat ends on both sides of the piece of wood and I'm done. Just as we're speaking and I'm like, what? what? Like I, that was me. So for my, for, I was literally uh, like three prints would be so easy. I was about to like model up and print. I'm like, wait, what am I? Th-? Like it's literally just a block cut with the same curvature from both ends and it doesn't have to be perfect at all. So I'm happy we're talking because because just came out of that right now so we're gonna go and yeah. finish a, a lot faster than having to wait for like the three-hour print or anything like that and we'll see how it comes out so i'm happy have we and talked you spent about a it. couple big bills on that bandsaw too right so i love that like bandsaw it. man yeah. i so so i the past week i've been like learning like there's like little things you got to learn to make sure it's all like perfectly in tune and the blade stays fine and now i got it like really nice and ready to go because i'm going to be resawing a whole bunch of lumber in the backyard now that it's warmer so i'm very excited um but so so that's one thing and then i really want to touch on um so one of the products that i've been waiting for and i i hate that i've been waiting for because this is like completely for myself um but i've been waiting for it because i kind of need a new skill um, so we, we already talked about like the welding thing, right? I'm going to learn to weld. And I, we had April for my date that I have to weld by. So, or within April, end of April, we said. So, so I, <laughs> that's part of my week <laughs> off, by the way. <laughs> so we'll add it to that. The other thing is, and I've mentioned this before, so it's like not a secret, but I really, I really like the game chess and I've really wanted to make, um, I don't know. The chessboard, I don't know if it's going to be wood or epoxy yet. I'm, I'm still figuring that out, how I want to look. Or maybe I'll do both. But I want to 3D print a bunch of chess pieces, make forms for it, and then form them out of concrete. Because I think it would be so cool to have concrete chess pieces on top of like an epoxy or wooden board. I think it, it would like it would almost look like a marble effect, I think. It would like really look high-end and stuff. Um, curious about how it's, it would hold. I've never worked with concrete either. So that's another thing that's been holding me back of just like, you know, that bridge of, oh, like the, the fear. I've never done this yet. But that's like, I just want one for myself. Like I want to have that in my house so I could play chess, chess with anybody and have my own that I've built that's like unique in that type of way. So that's, that's got to come. Like I got to, I got to do that because that's been on my head honestly for more than two years now like it, it's not in my last year's planning book it's in the year before that for doing that and it's just been one of those things that i just haven't gotten to and i really really want to so i have to i have to like man i gotta do this full time to get all this done but that that's 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 what's on my head for for what i want to there, there's a bunch of other projects and everything like more things for like pushing the cnc to the limit learning new things but like for myself, for something that I want to have as a possession that I've made, it's that chess board and pieces together. So hopefully, hopefully I'll get to knock that out. Winston's mind is going crazy figuring parts out or figuring all the wrong things with my plan. <laughs> no, you got me thinking about chess pieces. So I have a pocket NC, which is this tiny little cute five axis so CNC. <laughs> um, it is. It really is. Like it's like it would fit in a. Well, it's about the size of a toaster oven. Um, but, like, so you were saying, like, marbling, epoxy, concrete. Um, I don't know how much swirling and coloration you can get in the concrete. I think you can mix up but like, I started thinking of, with it. I've seen Ben I Yeah. It, so that's what I was, like, trying to marble it. Yeah, but that's usually on, a like, a bigger scale. Like, that's, if you make, like, a concrete true. guitar that's or something. Like, for a small chess piece, I don't know. You're not going to get the swirls and the depth that you would in epoxy. You're um, right. And that got you're me right. thinking, like, I now have an idea for an epoxy, um, like, a resin, like, little chess pieces. Because you can get the swirls If you make a block out of it with thinking, the swirls like, and then you carve it out, is that what you're thinking? so yeah because like i was thinking like could i try casting it like you could 3d print it make a silicone mold but that's like that's kind of tedious 
Um, but it would come out so cool. Okay, so here's the thing. Hear me out. Um, <laughs> polishing this up is going to be a huge pain in the butt um, because there's so many nooks and crannies depending on the, the no, types of pieces you make. Yeah. Um, but if you don't care about dimensional tolerances, what you can do is just dip the whole thing in like a really thin like tabletop epoxy and let it dry like hanging upside down and it just has like a glassy coat and so instead of like buffing and polishing all the nooks and crannies would that work yeah it yeah. wouldn't yeah it wouldn't like you don't need to like it polish it at all it, it will like it'll be a little thicker in certain places but it will still be the same but, shape. like you're not engineering it. There aren't tolerances on this where it's like, oh, this the 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 knight's head has to be exactly like five millimeters wide. You don't care about that. You just care that it looks round, that it stands up straight. And so you could carve the cosmetic features and off the machine, like the CNC, it's a little like a matte frosted look because like it's not a super smooth cut. And instead of like going through with sandpaper and buffing it everything out, you could just dip the whole thing in epoxy. That'll fill in all the and, cracks, and it'll and it'd come actually out be pretty secure. It'd like almost like secure the concrete together. So I like the concrete still because it adds oh. weight to it. I guess you don't. You could even just get regular pieces and dip epoxy, it. Epoxy. Into... I feel like that'd be pretty heavy still, right? All yeah. epoxy. Yeah. You think it would be very? Funny. I mean, like you think about a, a chess set. All the pieces are usually plastic yeah. anyway. Um, so I think epoxy has enough weight. Or wood. You could make like a little, like a baby concrete pedestal or something. Um, But epoxy, I think, would give you a really nice... You dip it and see what it uh, looks like. All right. Yeah, the one thing I would say, though, if you were to go the epoxy route, if you hang it upside down, like I'm picturing you dip in... and You could get some drips. You could get the drip, but because on the underside, you could probably screw in something, like right in the center, Mm. and you could dip and then place on like a relatively so yeah if i stand bottom. it up yeah stand it like, up and then the f- sand off the bottom like make sure the bottom's flat yeah because the flat side of a chess piece is the easy side a no one sees it you put a little piece of felt, felt anyways yeah. yeah like you're, you're just gonna sand, like take it to a like a smooth countertop put some sandpaper down sand it smooth yeah. and that'll be the spot where you can get away with a lot of your like hiding your making crimes yeah but the real question is who's gonna win at chess when we play this once it's all built <laughs> Although Winston does beat me every time we play any type of game, so yeah. But chess isn't my thing. I um, love chess. I don't know why. Do you, I'm. Do I you just play love. often. I play with anytime somebody has a, a the chess board out because I love getting in people's minds and I love talking to the point where I change the way they think. All all a little bit of, of you know messing with people's minds and love it. I I would never win against a chess pro or anybody who understood strategies, but if I just like to to play for the fun of like the thinking strategy type of thing so it's almost as much a social engineering game as a strategy game about social engineering (laughs) always it's like that um there's that game where you have to like ah like mafia yeah like mafia and stuff like when you have to like convince somebody somebody's like the bad guy i'm really good at getting people's head with that game love it Uh, Those games are always fun. Too much fun. Now I got. Now my mind's like blowing up with things I want to go do again. This is great. I, the one thing I know, George, you said concrete was like the thing you really wanted. Um, I don't know if you were thinking at all about that, Winston. Um, I'm not sure, like, if you've used it. I haven't used concrete much. Um, when I have, though, I realized how thick it was. It's so much more like um, peanut butter than it is like hmm. uh, you know an oil, and I, I don't know if you would really be able to get the detail you wanted unless you added a lot of water to it. But then if you add a lot of water, it takes a long time to cure, right? Yeah. Because like, you need it you to be You can get able to... formulations that'll do it. Okay. Um, but generally, the more watery the concrete is, the weaker it'll be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you could always, like, like, like bend a wire and stick it in through to add some structure, like, like baby rebar. I was wondering rebar. if I made, like, a baby um, rebar, if I should do that or not. But... At that scale too, you could also use the the glass filled stuff. Yeah, that that stuff okay. way more reinforced because that's meant for that type of weird. Mm. See, I only, I almost want to do the concrete to experiment with it and see if it could be done because I the epoxy would be a good result and I could still do that after. Maybe we'll do I both. I wonder if you did a concrete, whether it be glass filled or not, if you then dipped it in epoxy, if that would like seal and strengthen it that's what i was wondering like does that make it stronger 
I know there there are like it is a commercial thing to like seal like your your concrete like your garage floor and stuff Um, it's just for those it would have to be like a a much thinner epoxy like it's you're not gonna like grab your total boat thick set because then it's just gonna it's gonna look like snot covered concrete (laughs) at the end but at that point you know if i'm gonna coat the concrete with epoxy might as well make the whole thing from epoxy right but i kind of want to make both and just see what they both come out with you know because you could make the yeah you're right you won't get the swirls you know you won't get the swirls out of the concrete i gotta look into this you could always like spray paint and like have fun with that too possibly like inside of the mix like the people do colors like that and don't mix it well and Mm -hmm. something will come out of it it might not yeah i've also seen or it could be you could use like an aggregate or something yeah in there like pebbles i don't know something to give it character but another thing for getting the marbling effect i think it's alcohol painting yep i've seen right yeah Yeah, you had alcohol to paint it like i've done it with epoxy like with epoxy you use a white epoxy and or clear epoxy and you add white paint and then you you mix it and then you put it onto it and then you spray it with alcohol it creates this marbling effect it's really cool okay i did it for the the bar in our piano room and it was like the coolest it like bubbles up and it's just very artsy really cool okay cool i've only seen videos and like that's where i was like i think it's alcohol yeah but that seems like a fun thing. I, again, I don't know if you'll get the level of detail in that small of an object. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Luke, do you think you could make a chess piece out of grout? <laughs> That's where my mind uh, went, though. Hey, I was like, wait, grout? I, like concrete? Like. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hey, maybe that's got to be my challenge is that it's like, okay, I, I'll start building it up and I'll get these really like toothpick sized tools and like start to make faces and whatnot on there. Or if you get your 3D printer together, you could print the negative of like a and chess then, piece split in two, and that could be a two-part mold. Yeah. Mold so you, you stick these two pieces together, squirt in a bunch of grout, pull it apart once it's set. And Yeah, and then it's like um, when you're baking and you're trying to make some sort of like special-shaped cookie. Or like the cake pops, right? yeah. Yeah, the, that's what it is. Yeah, the cake, the half spheres. Michelle yeah. just started making those, and I love them, and I see the silicone mold, and so cool <laughs> oh my God. and delicious. Yeah absolutely delicious i'm so hungry now (laughs) all right well we're definitely over our hour here so maybe we'll call it for today but this has been too much fun guys as always yeah it definitely has yeah this uh i don't know where the title is going to come from here because we kind of went oh i I think i got a good one for us i think yeah (laughs) i i I think it was winston i got just stick your hand in the bucket and see what happens that's that's the sweet (laughs) step just describes the whole conversation too well (laughs) all right guys so we'll talk again in a few weeks (laughs) it's been fun take care guys